April 1, 2023. It's a lot for Pedro's show. Thank you. 
us your tongue. From Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Happy D Boone birthday. Uh, we started off with John Coltrane and Miles Davis doing Budo. And then the Resurrectionist with Tip Top Tap. Because of them uh, Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, I got with me Brother Joe Cannon from Milwaukee. Welcome aboard, Joe. Oh, hi. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We got to give right away credit to Howard for the connect, correct? Yep. Yep. Love you, Howard. So, <laughs> please, because uh, I want to learn about your music. How, how, fucking what led to this fucking resurrectionist music? So, let's try to go as far back as you can. Please bring your earliest musical memory, Joe. My earliest musical memory? Um, geez. Uh, <laughs> probably. Remember, it's a Watt for Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. You know, I, I just I, I had a flashback to uh, like listening to the radio when I was real young. And I believe it was. Uh, did Phil Collins do uh, Illegal Alien? 
And I, I remember when he was the drummer, Genesis. He took over the singer, huh? Yeah, no, I, I have this vaguest, vaguest memory of like hearing that on the radio and just being perplexed. Well, yeah, that's why I was going to say they turned into a huge like radio arena rock band, right? Yeah, not, yeah. Not yeah. really the Prague guys, but I, I think it was the same guys, but the, the music got a little more different. Little. <laughs> you can say that. So, so that is my earliest musical memory. That's really strange. It's hearing Genesis, the Merce version of Genesis on the radio. Okay. I, let me yeah. ask you this. The pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? Uh, uh, piano. Um, not a lot. Neither of my parents were very musically inclined. Well, let me, let me, since you mentioned the piano, I have many guests on the show. It almost drove them away from music itself, the experience of the piano lessons. Did you have to go through that, Joe? I did. I did. But then I had a very smart piano teacher who realized that I'd rather be playing guitar and told me that, and told my parents that. So, um, that so not was, many, that was... not many lessons on the piano then. I did, I did it for a while. I okay. did it for a while, and it helped me out. It's like it, you know, it made it so that like I visualize music a little bit differently because I can see it sort of laid out on a keyboard. Well, even you know, you know, in the older days, you know, in the older days, piano was in the rhythm section with the guitar and the drums yeah. and the bass because they all try to keep up with the fucking horns. <laughs> no amplifiers yet, right? Mm -hmm. Even even me and D Boone in the seventies, we knew you know we lived in the Prodge here in Pedro, and the, the, there was no casuals yet. Keyboards were like four hundred dollars, some shit like that. Right, and right, right. Yeah, trippy about that. So you you go to the guitar. Well, let me ask you first. Yeah. This the the first record you bought with your own money. Uh, it was the cassette tape. Yeah, the, that's okay. The first thing, the first piece of music that I bought with my own money was uh, the album Cargo by Men at Work. Okay. I think it was 1981. And what about first gig you saw? First gig I saw was uh, the Violent Femmes and the Pogues. Okay. With a Mojo Nixon opening. You it know what? I think fucking Violent Femmes are Milwaukee. They are. Yeah. They but I wasn't. I I had no idea I would end up living in Milwaukee. I grew up in Maryland, out just outside of DC. Okay, so all this shit's happening in Maryland. Okay, okay, understood. Yeah, understood, yeah, yeah. Understood. Yeah, uh, I lived in Maryland until 1990. And cl kind of close to DC area, right? Yeah, yeah. Just the Maryland suburbs, like Rockville. Well, there's a little like tentacle of Maryland that goes like along Pennsylvania and shit. Yeah, that's that part of Maryland that's in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Right, only state created by a civil war. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but anyway, Harper's Ferry and all that. Uh, right. Let, let me ask you about grade school. Were you in the marching band or the choir? Uh, no, um, I didn't go to a grade school large enough to have a marching band. I played in like a little, a little like grade school orchestra. I played what, clarinet. What did you play? Clarinet? Licorice yeah. stick, the licorice stick. Yeah. yeah, I still have the clarinet that I played. It's this like terrible plastic thing. Oh, it was um, a plat It was a wood. Okay, let, no, let me no. Ask it was like a, like one of those little student trainer ones. You know, it's, it was a full size clarinet, but it was just you know not of good quality because well, I heard it was the plastic ones. I heard the plastic ones were actually for the marching band because they weighed less. There's a there's a famous record live at Massey Hall with uh, Charlie Mingus, Max Roach, and. Mm. Uh, well, uh, Charlie Parker's playing a white plastic horn. I guess he pawed his horn. He's playing one of these marching horns. Huh. Yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, uh, okay. So, how long did you do that clarinet? Uh, only a couple of years. I think it was something like fourth to sixth grade or something. Okay, and tell me how. Now the guitar thing was, you know, the the teacher hipped your parents to that. So what what they do? Did they buy you a guitar, or did you buy one yourself? Uh, I think I bought one myself. So I took guitar lessons when I was really young and didn't like it. My hands were too small to really do anything with the frets. Um, but then when I came back to it in high school, I got myself a little, uh, like a, a Squire Stratocaster and a little Roland amp. And, um, because when you were a boy, it was probably an acoustic guitar, right? Well, it was originally an acoustic, but what I got when I played as a very young kid, it was a nylon string acoustic. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to share this with you because a lot of the cats, when their first guitars are these acoustic guitars, which sound nothing like the records they're listening to, they're wondering what. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) That was one of the reasons why I was like, I don't like this. And then when I got an electric guitar in high school and started playing it, you know. Okay, well, let me ask you that. Let me ask you about the, not after school I graduate, but in the afternoon. What about the garage band, this this kind of experience? Garage band, basement band, bedroom bands, you do that? Only a very little bit. Um, I I didn't really start playing in bands until college. Okay. Did you go to college for music? No, no, I just went to... I went to I, I went to a college. Uh, I, I went to Notre Dame, got a psychology and philosophy degree. Um, but the, but there was this very strange kind of ferment happening in South Bend because in the in the early nineties there was no there were there were no venues at all for underground music. And so let me tell the, you, I, let me tell you, Joe. I tried to yeah. play South Bend many times, but there was no fucking place to play. Oh, well, I wish you'd yeah. I wish you had uh, known us because uh, we drove up. I drove up to see uh, Firehose in 1991 when y'all played at uh, the Kalamazoo State Theater. I remember that gig. It was with Melvins. Uh, no, this was the one with Run Westy Run. Oh, okay. I remember that one too. But we yeah. also played the State Theater with Melvins. Oh, I wish I had seen and, that. Uh, yeah, they had a lady bass player then. Huh. It's hard for me to remember which phases different people are in. But I was I in the firehose phase. I remember that part. But that's in the middle of fucking uh, Michigan. It's only it's only about an hour from South Bend. Okay, okay. Because South Bend is like right on the tippy top, like the yeah, far yeah. northern edge of Indiana. Well, top of like, I think north yeah. is the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so, so the, 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 the yeah, South Bend is like six miles from the Michigan border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know about this when you're going, you're going across. But but you would figure any college would have a fucking scene to play, especially something like Notre Dame. Yeah, we sort of did, but we created it ourselves, and there was only you know, and so like our basements were the primary venues. Ah, okay, okay. We had great shows. Uh, We had Tree People play. We had Unwound come through. We had the Grifters. You know, it's all this stuff happening like in my living room. I think Grifters, they were Memphis, and I think those other two bands were like Northwest, Pacific Northwest. Yes. You gave me fucking two versions of this water dollar. So I'm going to play the 2019 one first, then the 21. Okay, great.
Get your hands in there. 
quand il s'y pressait Si pressé d'aller pisser dans les cyprès Si près du précipice Où est le mystère Où est le mystère Quand brûle mystère Descends tout en fer Dans le finistère Ils décidèrent de partir loin d'ici Les moulineaux Dans le Morbihan ou bien les Côtes d'Armor Un ailleurs meilleur Très d'ailleurs Just a little demoralizing fear. See my father. 
Watch for Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off with Resurrection. It's doing the 2019 version of Water Dollars. Then we had uh, John Chuchavera. John Chuch did a, he sampled some of the D-Boom from my hoop page and made a little tune, get your hands in the, D-Boom's talking about getting your hands dirty, you know, working on a car motor, right? Changing the oil. Uh, but he, he's using it for an uh, analogy about, yeah, don't keep uh, everything a concept, people. Get your hands dirty with some mm. uh, reality on the dealio. Then we had loss with Battle Hymn for the Destruction of Fascism. This is a, uh, a compilation for this Ukrainian situation. Uh, UQ, no, no. <laughs> Fuck, what? No, T-Q-U-R-K. UKR, yeah. Q2 UKR is the name of this. And in fact, we're going to have a, a Randolph Carter on uh, Graham Monday. The guys who put that thing together, they're going to be on the show. Uh, Nachanamid with uh, God Kept the Truths of Life. Soul Carlos, brand new, uh, fair said about a Lyon, France, a new project. They got a base, but I still like it. Armor. Uh, Monday, UFO, or UFO, government employee, uh, Marcus H. with Spring on the Impossible Planet. And then Resurrectionists again, people, with the 2021 edition of Water Dollars. Okay, back to your uh, journey there, Joe. So <laughs> so you're, you're, you're putting together gigs in the in the basement. Now, what, what, what kind of band are you in? Because uh, you're not just putting on shows, you're also playing the shows, right? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. I got to open for Unwound, so <laughs> I was playing, I had a, the the main band that I played in during college was a band called Emily, uh, and it was, uh, there was three of us, just a, 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 a three-piece trio, we sounded, we played oh, kind of, it was know, a three-piece trio, it was a three-piece trio. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the other exactly. guys? <laughs> Yeah, as opposed to all them seven-piece trees. No, no, no. You know, I think sometimes it's just the sound of phrases. Like, people say assless chaps. Like, what other kind are there? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Emily. How's how's Emily get together? Oh, boy. I don't know if I remember exactly. Um... Come on, origin myth. Origin myth. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> No, because I think it's interesting because it's trippy how fucking bands come together, right? They're usually not really that planned out. Right, right, right. I'm trying to remember because like early, early in college, I played in a band called uh, Smear, which then got renamed to Mr. Head. And at some point I started playing with my friends Doug and Mike. Well, well let me ask you this, Joe. Were you yeah. like the principal or were you the joiner? Uh, it, uh, in, in Emily, I was, uh, I started the band. Okay, that's pretty much a principle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, but these the bands before that you were a joiner. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. makes sense. You should put in some time. You know, life's about taking turns anyway, so you join, you start, you join, you start. Okay, yeah. so Emily, uh, can you remember the first Emily gig? Was it one of these basement shows? Uh, it was either that or there was this... Um, there was this coffee house on the on the on the campus of the little college across the street from Notre Dame, St. Mary's, uh, that had shows, and I think it might have been there. A place called Dalloway's Coffee House. So there was a venue in South Bend. 
but it was a, it was a little a little coffee house on a campus. Okay, it, no, wasn't, no, just, it wasn't a regular venue. I'm just busting your balls, here, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. So I'm I'm interested in the material. What yeah. what were you? Because like when me and Deep Boone started playing together, we were trying to copy songs off records. What's Emily doing? Well, you know, I never I was never very good at that. Um, I, so one of the reasons no, I, met a I, lot I of cats where I started writing my own music cause I couldn't learn anybody else's. No, right. I met a lot of cats in the movement were like that, like Greg Ginn, you know, I couldn't believe that he didn't copy songs except for Louie Louie. Yeah. Because that was a new thing because seventies was not like that. In yeah. fact, we didn't know anybody in Pedro in the seventies that wrote their own fucking songs. You know, I, yeah, I, 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 I sometimes wish I could do covers because there's always a lot of covers I want to do, but then I get down to trying to learn how to play them, and I'm like, ah, and I get frustrated okay. and just Let start working on my own this, stuff Joe. again. Let me ask you this, Joe, then. what? Can you remember the first song you wrote? Oh, very, very, very vaguely. And I don't remember what it was about. I do remember that it involved me, like, fiddling about with an A minor chord. Okay. That is all I remember. I only wrote one song as a teenager. It was called Mr. Bass King Outer Space. <laughs> Something about a bass solo on stage blowing away the rest of the Obviously, Watt had issues. But <laughs> it wasn't until the movement. And then the first batch and the reaction, oh, my God, they were the worst. Dee Boone wouldn't even write songs for that band. It was so bad. So uh, so Emily is uh, the material is a majority of your compositions. Well, when we got in, you know, I started the band and I was and I was the one writing all the lyrics, but the actual process of writing the music was collaborative. Okay. Like it was one of those bands where we'd just get together in the same room and somebody'd start playing something and then we'd just kind of like go from there. Okay. Okay. But then you'd like kind of you know, make a canon out of it by giving words and uh, more structure, form, a title. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you remember the first Emily gig? I, again, I think it was that I think it was that coffeehouse gig. Yeah, what, do you uh, think it was a success or a failure? Ooh, the first one? I have no idea. I well, y'all so, can only yeah. have the first one once. That's why I asked that. Right. Well, we we continued playing. Okay. So that, probably that bad of a failure. <laughs> I mean, you know, like shit get thrown. I've had so much shit thrown at me, Joe, over the years. So that's, yeah, that's why a, I always ask that. Yeah, I, I I think fail uh, the failure condition for this crew would have been more just like people being bored or not showing up. It wasn't a particularly <laughs> rowdy bunch in that respect. Okay, and does this band uh, record? Does this band go on tour? We did. We we recorded a couple of records. Um, we we had a we had minor success in like so, that sort of like hardcore underground distribution network that was happening in the nineties. Like we got distributed by Ebullition um, and uh, got written up in some of the hardcore zines. Uh, we toured a few times, probably played, I'd say we probably played a total of about 12 to 15 shows outside of Indiana. No California? No, we didn't get that far. Pass, we uh, pass we did, it, was all, it was all East Coast and Midwest. Okay, that's all right. Actually, there's a lot of good bands to play where you're located. Ain't that far. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. It's a it's a nice it's a good area. This whole like Milwaukee Chicago corridor is close but, to a lot of things. The weather can get a little rough. Okay, it can. <laughs> okay, so so what happens with Emily? Um, we play it, basically. Uh, we all graduated, and um, I I had some ideas about set, uh, bringing the band to Chicago. So I graduated, and then I ended up going to uh, Northwestern for graduate school. 
And I had ideas about bringing the band with me, but uh, the other two members ended up, you know, uh, living living other other kinds of lives. No, there's a lot of uh, guests on the show. Their bands only last like the length of their college thing. Yeah, this was one of those that yeah. that I stayed a few years after I graduated because the other guys in the band were younger than me. Yeah. Um, but then when 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 they graduated, they ended up uh, you know moving to other places. Right, they right. both both of them still play music, uh, but n- not as actively as I do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, so you go to Northwest. You, you that's a whole different group of people. Do you you start playing with people there? Uh, I did. Um, I, 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 I wasn't playing actively for a couple of years, like the first few years of graduate school, but around like 98 or 99 or so I started getting restless again and started playing for a while. I played, uh, as a solo artist, I had this project called the intelligibles. Um, and it was man alone. Yeah. It was just me with a guitar. Look, I got to stop us right now, just for a little brief pause, because we're at the end of the first hour, April 1, 2023 edition, Wap Peterson, special gig, guest Joe Cannon, whole time for hour two. April 1, 2023, it's the second hour of the Wap for Pedro show.
war, die Straßen waren hell. Ich im Arm, da schlug der Blitz ein. Wir verfaulten Arm in Arm. Wir waren so glücklich. Verdammt.
work real hard and you work real smart Just might end up where you thought you would start real hard and you pay your dues might not have to choose So we start off the second hour, Resurrectionist with the new winner, Alexander Hacker, continuing with his big old piece involving an imaginary young man in Berlin with Hiroshima 2, Andre Vida out of Berlin, also U.S. Uh, ex, what do you call it? expatriate, expat, Celeste, there's a Stooges songs with us, Celeste, it was kind of keyboard people, oh yeah, Penetration, Cowboy Flying Saucer after that with Johnny Remember Me, this is more from that Ukrainian benefit. 
Composure number three from SDEM. And then finally, (laughs) Resurrectionists with Great Place. Resurrectionists. Resurrect. We had uh, John Truby on the show, you know, that blind man penis. The chorus is, you know, blind man's penis is erect because he's blind. Actually, that ain't him. He sent the lyrics in those Nashville companies. You know, you send them words and they make a song out of it. Uh. Yeah. So he hates that claim to fame. But interesting guest, John <laughs> Truby. Have him back on in July, I mean, because he had like five pages worth of stories he said he didn't get a chance to complete. So I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry John. We'll get to it. Okay. But back to your story there, Joe. So yeah. so, so you start playing Man Alone. Yeah. And what's this project called? Because you didn't give me any of this music. No, no, I didn't. You also uh, didn't that, give me any uh, Emily. No, no, I, I just, uh, I, I, the stuff that I gave you was all, uh, it was all resurrectionists. Yeah, which is I, uh, kind of rock the kind of rock the history of that band. I didn't, I, I, my, my, my history of playing music goes back like thirty years. I wasn't even going to try. <laughs> okay, but it's good to talk a little about it so people know where you're from. Oh, definitely, I'm, I'm enjoying talking about it. I just was, I was, I would have. Uh, I would have quailed at trying to put together a playlist of it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So how long does this man alone band last? Oh, I probably did it for about two years. Cause then I started playing with, um, with some friends of mine. Um, in a, we, we, I was sort of playing at the same time in two different bands after that. One was a garage punk band called the afflictions. And the other was kind of like a math, a mathy kind of band called check engine. Um, and in both these bands, you're a joiner. You're not a, pr- a starter. Uh, Afflictions, I was a joiner. Uh, Check Engine, um, I put it together with um, my friend, uh, the 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 late lamented uh, Steve Sostak, and I put together uh, Check Engine because uh, we had played. We both went to college together in Notre Dame. And uh, we had played like in this sort of like pickup band called Check Engine, which like played one show. Um, and then we re- we uh, resurrected the name and started playing together again um, with uh, with some other with some Chicago heavyweights, including the the fellow that he was playing with in his other band um, or his main band called called Sweet Like Johnny. And who was that? Steve Sostak. Oh yeah, yeah, Steve Sostak. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. God, losing people's the hardest thing. I never get used it's, to it. It Jesus. is. And 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 so what's the trajectory of these two projects? Do they tour? Do they make recordings? Yes. Check Engine had one album came out on Southern Records in I think 2001. Um and we were and we toured a number of times. Um The Afflictions put out an EP and a full length on small labels and we toured a bit too. Um, these two bands actually got out to the West coast a couple of times. Oh, okay. So was that your first time out here? Uh, yeah, I think it was. All right. Yeah. Who, who did most early two thousands playing with those two bands? Who did most of driving? Uh, uh, with check engine, I think it was shared. And then with, uh, with the afflictions, our sax player, uh, was like our 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 sax player would get car sick if she didn't drive, and so she did most of the driving, which was okay with us. <laughs> yeah, you're holding on to the wheel, so you don't have to bounce around. 
People, yeah, exactly, try, people exactly. get sick to their stomach trying to read a book in a fuck because they don't know how to bob the book. Right. You get right. we get something called sea legs. You do this shit long enough. If you call right. a tour more than a month, I've done sixty seven. Only sixty seven more to go. But I asked <laughs> you that, Joe, because I don't think of people East Coast especially, but Midwest too. How fucking far out the West is? Yes. Well, it's a hell ride. It really is. It's a uh, it's to get from Chicago to the west coast is like 30 hours do you know the old route right that's route 66 us 66 yeah, yeah, yeah. It ended at like sunset boulevard and pacific coast highway mm-hmm. okay enough about that i'm going to play some more resurrectionists and then we're going to get into how this fucking band got going all right okay let's listen to the rest cure Theater of Dead Medicine 
rubble like old beggars under sacks. Knock kneed, coughing like an who cursed through sludge till on the haunting flares we turned our backs, and towards our distant west we began to trudge. Men marched asleep, many had lost their boots, but lived on bloodshod. All went lame, all blind, drunk with fatigue, deaf even to the hoots of gas shells, dropping softly behind. Gas! Gas! Quick, boys! In ecstasy of fumbling, fitting the clumsy helmets just in time. But someone still was yelling out and stumbling, and flandering like a man in fire or dimmed through the misty panes and thick green light, as under a green sea I saw him. In all my dreams before my helpless sight, Plunges at me, gutting, choking, drowning. If in some smothered place, behind the wagon that we flung and watch the white eyes writhing in his face, his hanging face down the sick of sin. If you could hear at every jolt the blood come gargling from the cloth and erupted lungs, obscene as cancer, bitter as the cut, a vile incurable sores on innocent tongues. My friend, you would not tell such high zest to children ardent for some desperate glory, the old lie, dolce et decorum est pro patriam. Words 
make better feathers. Then they really should. Pedro show that chunk of music started with Resurrectionists, like all this music, this edition. Tip Tap, well, The Rescuer, and then Tip Tap from Inyan after that. Questions, uh, Kittens Ask Questions, the remix of Peer, 
Again, uh, more songs from that cop, uh, Ukrainian situation. Uh, post them to me. If they make it here, will be a measurement of us. Spike died. How sweet and fitting it is to die for one's country. The sentimental witches. And finally, resurrectionists with, I need a barber. Yeah, you got a beard, right? I do. I do. <laughs> I, I tripped up a little bit around the new year. I used to uh, wear beards on tour because I hated shaving on tour, but I hate beards too. <laughs> but <laughs> So the curse, the curse. So uh, the arc of these two bands... Oh, uh, they run out of gas. Yeah. So both of those um, ran well. Check engine ended probably around 2004, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, And uh, and then uh, the afflictions kind of ran until I um, close to when I I moved uh, out of Chicago. I was playing in another band with um, with Steve after uh, Check Engine called Early Risers. Which was the first uh, was the first time I played banjo in a band. Banjo, um, yeah. Did you teach yourself? Yeah, I did. Ah, so the sing, the, you know, the sing, I got to tell you, yeah, banjo and guitar ain't really that far removed. And no. in fact, minstrel, which a lot of rock and roll and country music, if you read the Nick Tosh's book, The Twisted Roots, it comes out of banjo. In fact. Uh, yeah, open string tuning. Uh, Keith Richards uses that for Rolling Stone shit. Mm. Yeah. 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 So I think people get this idea that banjo is just this one kind of shtick, kind of kitsch, but it's right. not. It's actually was a big part of the early days. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I, I picked it up. So the singer of the Afflictions uh, used to work at Specimen, the 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 luthier in Chicago, and um and called me up one day and was like, Hey Joe, they've got this K banjo. They want 300 bucks for. And I was like, I'll be there. And so I picked it up and I started playing it and I kind of fell in love with it and, um, have kind of alternated between guitar and banjo ever since I did a, I did a little solo project with the banjo called Marylander that only played a couple of shows. Um, and then I, and then I was playing with Steve and, um, some and uh, uh, the keys player from the Afflictions was in Early Risers, as as was uh, Bob and Zach uh, from the Iowa City band. Um, Ten Grand was our rhythm section, so it was a banjo, saxophone, keys, and the rhythm section of an Iowa City hardcore band. Whoa, that's a trip! <laughs> it was Hawk- a lot of fun. We recorded some stuff, and it was really they? good. Hawkeyes, but we never right? It. Hawkeyes, Sam Lock Ward's uh, Iowa City. You know. Uh, I gotta tell you, it's a trip about that stuff. You know, Keith Richard, that's what my his guitars are five strings, right? I'm telling you, I, I think he, I think he I got knew, this. I knew that he played a, I knew that he played an, an altered tuning, but I didn't know it was only five strings. I think he picked it up from fucking uh, Rock Cooter because uh, Rock Cooter claims to have written Brown Sugar and that shit, Honky Tonk. Oh really? I wouldn't doubt it because Keith's got kind of reputation for doing. Yeah, come on, sue me, try it. Yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, anyway. <laughs> This thing runs out of gas, you know, you're getting into these other, uh, the, the banjo and all this, but the, the, right. the group situation is going. So, so is this, does Resurrectionist come from the ashes of this stuff? No, um, I, I'm, so when I finished graduate school, I, uh, I, I 
lived in a couple, I lived in um, Idaho for a year. So I moved from Chicago, lived in Idaho for a year. Um, so I, I, I was, uh, I was trying to have an academic career. It didn't who's, pan who's out. Who's the Baron I, Boise, uh, built to spill. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wasn't in Boise. I was in Moscow, which oh, is in the north. north. Part. Yeah. Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Coeur d'Alene's like an, like an hour, I think, north of Moscow. I'll tell you, there's a fucked up pass there. If you hit it at the wrong time of year, you ain't getting through. I know right. about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know about that up there. Yeah. So I, so I, li I lived in Moscow for a year, taught at the university of Idaho for a year. Um, and then I got it. That was only a one year job. It didn't okay, really play I'm going to hold you there because we're at there. the end of the second hour, but we'll pick up on the resurrections creation. It's origin story <laughs> next hour. People second hour, April 1, 2023. Just what Peter show special guest, Joe Cannon. Hold tight for hour three. April 1, 2023, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. The classic dictionary of the vulgar tongue.
from Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with Resurrectionists doing classic dictionary of the vulgar tongue. Like uh, Dante Alighieri writing the Commedia. He didn't use Latin, people. He used the vulgar tongue. Right. Vulgate. Joe Carducci calls this thing the Vulgate. Uh, the nothing ones after that with They Return, Polovox with Electronic, and Don't Want to Tell Them About a Girl, Resurrectionists. So now we're going to hear the Resurrectionists, how they came together. Please bring it, yeah, so uh, I, I, I lived that year in Idaho. I didn't really play music that year. And then I got a job uh, teaching at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and moved to Milwaukee for that job. That was 2008. Um, and uh, I was for a couple – I was for like a year or so not really playing. And then I played for a few years in a, in a band uh, with my then wife called Lady Cannon. Um, and then after – that band and marriage ended. Um, I played in a band called Work. And um, Work, the bassist of Work, is the same fellow who plays bass with me now in Resurrectionists. Okay. Work put out two records, toured a little bit, um, and uh, and um, had a lot of fun. And you would um, call Work a Milwaukee band? Yes, yes. And we've yes. got to tell, tell listeners if your geography's off. Milwaukee's only about 100 miles from Chicago. Yeah, it's even it's even closer than that. It's more like 80. Um, but, yeah, I'm actually going to drive down to Chicago and see a show tonight. <laughs> okay, see, see that? So, so, so I, some people think, you know, the boonies are like Iowa's out. It ain't that far. The Quad Cities, right? They share no. borders and Mo, uh, Moline and Davenport and that shit. Yeah, yeah, Rock yeah. Island, I, I think. Iowa, like Ch- Iowa City, I think is about a four-hour drive from where I am. See, right there. Yeah. So, so it's, yeah, that's what's good about touring, man. You get a sense of that. Like I asked you about the Rockies and stuff. You get a sense of this thing. Right. You know, right. sitting there with a remote control in your hand and watching the TV is a hard way to learn these kind of things, people. Get, right. Get in a exactly. van. Get in a boat. Start touring. So, tell me about the first Resurrectionist gig. Well, you already got the basement. How do you get the other cats in the band? Um, so the, the first version of Resurrectionists um, had a, a pedal steel player, um, and um, I and I was trying to play with uh, this cello player who I ended up not being able to play with. But I went and saw a band of his and met the drummer he was playing with. This was a band called Nutritious and Delicious. Um, and uh, I liked the drum playing, and I, I enjoyed hanging out with their drummer, and so I asked him to join the band I was starting. Um, so Jeff I had been playing with for years in work, and, um, and I can't remember exactly how I met Gavin, the, the, the pedal steel player. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that that all came together, and then we played for a while. So when I when I gave you that two versions of the same song, it was with the two different lineups. So like the first version of that song had the pedal steel, and the second version had my friend John, who we replaced the pedal steel player with, um, in like t- late 2019 or something like that. Um, and uh, I had known John from years of him playing in other bands and uh, and being like a booking agent and a, and a sound guy. So um, I liked his way of thinking about music. So I added him in mainly because 
you know, we, we had the great fortune of having this pedal steel player who was into weird rock music and were and willing to work for next to nothing. I didn't think I was going to find another one of those in Milwaukee after he moved to upstate New York. So I instead uh, went the direction of having my friend whose plays like wildly affected 12 string guitar and um, a Mellotron brought him in and the, which kind of completely changed how the band worked. Um, because, you know, sort of when you have a pedal steel player in your rock band, everything kind of becomes about this wild pedal steel thing that's happening. And so we sort of, you know, reimagined ourselves a bit more as like a somewhat psychedelic rock band, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I met Sneaky Pete. And, uh, I mean, there are so many possibilities with the pedal steel. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, yeah, it's just extremely hard to play, and right, so there's not right, very many right. people who play it. <laughs> right. Nels was saying, you know, he does lap steel right with that Wilco band, and he says it's nothing compared to a pedal. But no. And once the Stooges, we got to play with a, a song that uh, James Williamson wrote for Ronnie. You gave me this uh, Blue Henry. Yes. Okay, I want to play it. Let's bleed out like roses Red like beets Let's slip out from under their noses Let's slip out from under their feet
brother But surely I'll be young to the end of my days But what or whom was he dodging As he hit that once open gate
How long must I go on missing you? How long must I go
Watch for Pedro. Show the last music for this edition. Chunk of music started with Resurrection. It's doing Blue Henry. Then Homo Hubris. Uh, collab with Mondobal doing Pulse Jeer. G-Y-R-E. Fuck, I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, and, but, but it's my fault, not, not, not these people's fault. Don't blame them, people. Resurrection is finally with the ghost this time. So, I'm I'm assuming, which is dangerous, right? But there was two separate, at least two separate recording sessions with Re- Resurrections. For the for the album, well, one because there was these two versions. One was with a wacky uh, twelve string, and one's with a wacky right. pe- pedal steel. Yes, yes. Yeah, so the the there are, um, in the in the set of music that I gave you, um, comes from three different records. Um, the first, so the first one with the pedal steel was recorded. That stuff was recorded back in like probably early, mid 2019. And then, um, we, we re, we re-recorded three of those songs, um, with John. So with the new lineup kind of in preparation, sort of as we were writing new material and in preparation to, to start recording the album, um, that just is just about to come out. Yeah. Now they're all ghosts. In a way, that's what this fucking spiel is supposed to be about this album that's just coming out. And when does it drop? Uh, April 3rd. Ah, two days, people. Yeah. And uh, um, on a band camp page or a label or what, what, what's up? Um, my my uh, my my friend and sometime bandmate, uh, Conan Neutron. Is, oh, he's been on the show yeah. a couple times. Good cat. Yeah, yeah, I've I've played with him. That's I've, right. He, he's got a Milwaukee connect. He told me that. Well, he lives in Milwaukee now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, More than a connect. He used to be Oakland, but now he lives in Milwaukee. Right, he's been, East Bay. I, I, East Bay. So. And actually, I talked to him once. We were staying in Redondo Beach. I think the guy was floating around for a little while. Uh, yeah, he goes. He goes out to the West Coast. He goes out to like L.A. to record. I think he was just. You know, who he connected he, me with the hmm. bass man from Devo. Oh yes. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry's been on Jerry's been on uh, Conan's podcast a number of times. Yeah. Um, I've never yeah, used, no, it's, I've it's, never uh, used it's, it's great. And I, I play so I'm yeah, I so gotta tell I, you, I Joe. sometimes play with uh, Secret Friends as part of their touring lineup and um and we recorded one of the touring lineups of Secret Friends recorded as Action Chief. So we have there's I know Action album, Chief because I've played some of it when he was on the show. He, but we yeah, so it. I'm in Action Chief. <laughs> okay, I gotta say though, I've never used 21 years, 10 months of doing the show. I've never used that fucking p word for this show, but you said it for Conan's show, so that's okay. <laughs> now, what's your plans with the Resurrectionists? Uh, keep plugging along, write new music. No, I mean right shows. now, right now, the record's going to come out on the third, yes. two days. Yes. Are you going to do a tour? Uh, that's, we're going to, we're going to try to tour probably later in the year. I've been so fixated on getting this album finished and out. Um, we're doing a record release show in a couple of weeks. Um, and the other thing we haven't talked about is I, as I had a video made for every song on this record. Good. Um, yeah. And so, um, I'm throwing a film fest. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to have a, 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 an event, um, in town here in Milwaukee, uh, where we play, show all the videos and then show other work by the the artists who made the videos for us. So it was nine songs, uh, six different people made videos 
for us, including Conan. He, he made one. That's um, yeah, so uh, we're having the the inaugural Resurrectionists Film Fest. Is there, is there a place people can go to on the internet that's got your music, Joe? Yes, we have a Bandcamp page. You know, I, I don't I don't have. Uh, there's not a website. Okay. I like the idea of everybody having their own websites because it's like having your own fanzine. There's no filter. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. That's okay. That's I, okay. Maybe yeah. down the road you might want to do that. When you get the next batch of Resurrectionist mm-hmm. recordings together, will you come back on the show so we can play it and talk about it? I'd love to. Yeah, really, because I'm interested in what you, where this project is going to go. Okay. And if you get out here in the West to tour this batch of tunes... Please let me know so I can fucking get in the pit and start the shit. <laughs> I will. I okay. will. Definitely. Really big honor to have you aboard, Joe. Please well, keep on keeping on. Thank you. People, April 1, 2023 edition of the Pedro Show. Happy B-Day, D-Boone. Keep your powder dry.